1: Hey everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast. Today is Monday, September 28th. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. Good grief, it's almost uh, September's almost over. It's flying here. It's crazy. March seemed like a year and a half. April seemed like about 3 months and now it's kind of just back to normal pace. It's funny what happens when you have
2: sports. Yeah, football's really pushing my schedule because it's just every day is a scheduled thing that has to be done. Right. And so it just goes fast because I'm not like really, oh, what do I do today? You know, what's going on today? It's just very regimented in some ways. And uh, I was just I was talking about this on the Real Man Wood podcast that I had a little epiphany. It's not like it's kind of Captain Obvious, but kind of struck me that because time moves faster and faster the older you get, like every obviously, you know, if you're, um, If you're one, then a year is 100% of your life. But if you're two, a year is 50% of your life. And as you go up, it gets to be a smaller and smaller percentage. So I think that the perception of time gets faster because every unit of time you're experiencing is a smaller and smaller percentage relative to your history. And so if time's moving fast and you're always like, wow, it's October, wow, it's January, wow, it's March, invest invest in, in projects that deliver over time. Whether it's like a garden or something that you're working on like an hour a day that builds into something valuable to you, like start projects that have like value over time. Obviously, the time value of money would be the obvious one, but interest rates are at zero. So that might not be the best example these days. But it's just that everything's moving so fast, you may as well benefit from it.
1: And the corollary is each successive day is a bigger chunk of your remaining time also. Yes, Uh,
2: that's also true. it, It is like your most valuable resource. You better not waste it. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, get ahead, like use it to your advantage. Like do things that put it on your side, not things that, uh, put it against you.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, and yeah, it's, there's countless ways to waste time. Uh, there's countless diversions in life more than ever. It's very easy to get wasteful of that. Uh, you know, it's funny. You're talking about lack, lack of regimentation. We went from two, from polar extremes to, you know, April and May, like, how are we going to fill two hours of a radio show or an right. hour of a podcast? To, oh, I, I can't cover this. I can't cover all that. You know, it's just too much to get, get through. Uh, so, it, it's really kind of funny. You're right. In mean, football, there's okay, you know, reaction Monday, value meter Tuesday, uh, guess the lines. You know, the show and. Uh, just the tasks we have, whether it's for you, it's like staff picks or East coast offense or beat the book, you know, it's boom, boom, boom. And, you know, and I, I just got bait, my baseball duties take, you know, done for now. I'm going to be starting up projections before I know, but you know, I don't have that whole, okay, well, I got to do the podcast. I got to do the value meter in the same day. Oh, you know, how am I going to get that done? I was at the, my most crowded point, And now I just got a release of that. Although playoff baseball starting tomorrow and it's going to be a blast too. So, uh, especially because for once, since in the first time in like six years, my team is actually playing in them. So seven years, I should say, since 2013. Yeah, it, 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 I, I would watch it anyhow, but now I'm definitely
2: into it. Yeah, the Yankees, I got so many injuries, but we'll see. I, I mean, I'll be into it. I'll probably watch a little bit because it starts late. I'm not going to – I'll never – it shows how uh, football biased they am. I'll never like watch on demand a baseball game that's already happened. Whereas i watched the – well, at least it helps that there's the 40-minute version. I wonder if baseball has something like that. They should. We're just like pitch, 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 pitch. It's not like all the in-between stuff. They do a baseball game in half an hour. You can watch it the next day, not know what happened.
1: Yeah, I, I mean it would be very easy to pull off. Uh, you know, you're living overseas or like the Japan game or something like that when they're playing games in Japan. Uh, yeah, it would be very easy to, or, to want to, to
2: not be spoiled and watch it or just in season since like, you know, a lot of times like you watch almost every football game during a week, but baseball, you don't see most of the baseball games and there's too many games going on, but you could just like blitz through the games, like 20 minute game, 20 minute game, 20 minute. Like you see all the new pitchers, you see how this guy looked coming back from injury. You see, you get so much info. Now, I mean, with baseball, you do get like Twitter, there'll be clips of pitchers throwing and you can, you can kind of look up any specific thing you want, but. I don't know. It probably It's probably not a big enough audience for that, for them to actually go, go in and edit it.
1: Yeah, uh, you're probably right about that. Let's uh, jump into the news. There, It wasn't as calamitous as last week in terms of injuries, but there's some significant ones. Uh, starting off the Bears, Tariq Cohen has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Uh, plus, they also named Nick Foles as their new starter. So that's two big things that happened with
2: them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cohen is one of those guys that, you're not that bummed. I mean, you feel bad for the guy, but it's like, he was always a guy that you didn't really want to start anyway. So it's like, okay, I Except just cut him past
1: week. You are like, Oh, game. Against
2: I the did Falcons. start him. Yeah. I did start him. But I mean, in general, like the pass catching back, that's not getting goal line work very often. doesn't get a lot of volume. It's on a bad <laughs> offense. It's just not a, so and now it's like, okay, now I don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, know, yeah, Big DN, uh, is, uh, it's taken over for trubisky, and we'll see you know he looked terrible with the Jaguars last year, and maybe he is terrible, but he's had these you know these runs like the, the crazy twenty seven touchdowns two picks with the Eagles that year, and then uh coming back and winning the Super Bowl and beating Tom Brady when the Patriots are at their offensive peak it's uh who knows right He just he's just an improbable kind of guy. he looked terrible last year with Jacksonville, though
1: he did. He really did. And, you know, he, he lost the – there was a jab job battle and he lost it to, to Mitch, Mitchell
2: Trubisky. Now, I don't know if there was an incumbency bias or – Yeah, I don't think he lost it. I don't think he lost it. I think I think that he didn't decisively win it, I would say. And then they were like, oh, we use the second – we've got to give Trubisky one more shot. And now I think that's the end of Trubisky.
1: Yeah, they might be right about that that might be the way it went down. Uh Chris Carson for the Seahawks uh got diagnosed with a first degree knee sprain. Uh it was a dirty tackle. Uh and, and I think you know that it was uh where he got twisted after the whistle uh by Tristan Hill, the same guy who by the way got the personal foul the hit to the head on Russell Wilson allowed them to retry the two point conversion. You know, as it turns out that wasn't what caused them to lose. They would have lost, you know, because they were it, they would have been trailing five instead of seven. Right. But it's, it was still, like, kind of a dunce play. Now, Hill didn't get penalized for the hit on Carson. Carson looks like he might be able to play this week again. We'll see what happens after after practices. Usually it's a one- to two-week timetable, so I would bet that he probably does not
2: play. Yeah. Uh, injury optimism, the Pianowski rule. Don't have it. Be patient assume the worst assume not necessarily the worst but assume a below average case scenario and you'd probably be usually more right more often and not making uh bad decisions based on it that's right uh
1: meanwhile uh bigger news probably although carson is you know it's a starter for somebody uh chris godwin uh has has an mr mri schedule for his hamstring injury uh they, we'll probably hear that sometime after we're done recording today, as that tends to work out. But I I'd assume we'll hear that later on the, in the evening, probably, may, maybe Tuesday, tomorrow morning at the latest. The Bucks were a little slow to give the details on his concussion a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see. But anytime you get an MRI on a hamstring injury, that's, that's pretty bad news.
2: Yeah. I mean, MRI the day after the hamstring injury, that means, right? I mean, they're looking to see what the extent of the tear is. Now maybe they're just super cautious, and it's no big deal. But he left the game. I really, it's really bad. I have Godwin. Luckily, I only have him in one league, but I I ranked him high. Like a lot of people at RotoWire drafted Godwin on my recommendation, and I I think it was a good recommendation. But you know, injuries are injuries. But I, I you know, so I'm I'm open more for uh, for that reason that he's not out long. But hamstring is a chronic, lingering type of thing, unlike most concussions. Right. And he suffered them both, so we can compare and contrast. Yeah. Well, I mean we already know he came back right away from the concussion. He was fine. Right. Now if he has a, a
1: secondary concussion, that might be another problem. Uh but uh anyways. Uh there yeah, that so those are the big injury issues. Dallas Goddard was another one that was uh you know, that hurt people. John Brown was another uh both I think you know, Brown
2: I know got a zero because I had him Deontay Johnson was a bad one. Early yes, that in the game. was another one. You had that did you have that one too in stake league? Stake League. Deontay Johnson, uh Saquon Barkley, obviously I didn't have him this week, but I did have Melvin Gordon active. It was a bad week for me. I mean, not much I could do.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, you're right about that. Uh and you're just especially, you know, if you didn't get Jeff Wilson or if you didn't get uh Mike Davis. Those are the two guys, you know, two of the good pickups this week, at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, meanwhile, the Giants' backfield was a big mess. The, the Giants were a big mess. Devonta Freeman had five carries for ten yards. Uh, not good. Not good at all. It uh, the, was the, the, it was a, a three headed monster in so much as there was a running game,
2: although Gallman and Lewis also did very little. Also. Yeah, I was trying to tell people not to invest very much in that backfield. Not only is it. Yeah, there were three guys, at least two for sure, and, and it turned out three. But even Saquon Barkley couldn't get going behind that line. And a lot of people said, oh, well, Saquon's vision isn't very good. He's always running into contact. But it's like, did I watch every game with the Giants? I don't – you know, I don't you put Barry Sanders back there, put Emmitt Smith back there, put Marshall Falk, put Jim Brown back there. If you're being met at the point of handoff by a linebacker and a defensive tackle – I don't care who you are. You're getting tackled. It's just, there's nowhere to go. There's no There's not even any speed to be right. picked up. I mean, you think, Oh, if he had better vision, he'd go in a different direction. Problem is you have to go to where the quarterback is handing the ball to you. You can't just like run backwards, 10 yards and go side. You need to get the ball first. And it's right after he gets the ball that these guys arrive. That's yeah. how bad the line is.
1: Yeah. And Bengals have the same problem, you know, with Joe Mixon. You know they're they're right. You know the the guy they got from uh, the the Texans, uh, Su'a Filo, or or from the Cowboys, excuse me. He uh, he's out with an ankle injury. Uh, Bobby Hart is just horrible, and uh, Billy Price is also horrible on that right side. You know this is they overpay for Billy Price. You think? Yeah, he was not a bargain. He he, you know it it follows a Bengals tradition of flubbing their first round pick too. John Ross, by the way, was inactive. In this game, healthy and active against the Eagles. Wasn't nursing an injury this time. They just scratched them.
2: Yeah, that there's three receivers taken in the top 10 in 2017, right? It was 2017. And it was Corey Davis at five, Mike Williams at seven. Who's actually good, but they don't throw him the ball and he got hurt again. And then John Ross at nine. And that was, I mean, three guys in the top 10 and, those are not good investments. Nope. And it's funny because everyone's like never draft a running back. But the running backs, well, Fournette was a terrible pick at four. But McCaffrey was in the top ten, and Kamara was later in the draft, and Kareem Hunt. There's so many good backs, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. There's so many great backs. Mixon's another one, drafted in that draft. And the top receivers were just all bad. I mean, I think Mike Williams is still good, but, um, but you know he hasn't done a whole lot.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and were those the only three receivers taken their first round too? uh, uh there might have been Joe some later in the, the first next round. wide receiver. Yeah. Not good. Curtis Samuel, uh, is the next after that. Boy, it's just a bad draft for wide receivers. Although, but, and then there's the Steelers at getting Juju at six pick 62.
2: Right. I mean, that's good, but the running backs, it's the greatest running back draft of all time though.
1: Yeah. It's crazy.
2: The Jets in third,
1: round three are Darius Stewart. I don't think he. <laughs> I remember that guy, yeah. Carlos Henderson, uh, boy, got bad. No, oh, there, there's Chris Godwin in the third, though.
2: Yeah. No, so there were a couple of receivers taken later, but the running backs, we just went through them. I mean, the, the first one was the worst. But McCaffrey, I mean, to have, have a draft like all the best running backs in the league are like Cook, Aaron Jones, McCaffrey, Kamara. Those are, they're all in that same you know mix, and they're all in that same draft.
1: I and mean, I think Fournette wouldn't have
2: been that bad. He just. Got hurt too many times, and he's just not the same. Well, I also think he was in Jacksonville, which is a tough place to play. Yeah. But it was, you know, definitely was The Giants, geniuses that they were, took uh, Evan Ingram. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, Bengals took Ross. That's that's great. Great job, Bengals. Uh, yeah, it. it, it oh, fun times. Uh, fun times trying to read read uh, everything that they did uh, in that draft. Yeah, John Ross, Joe Mixon though, was in that draft. That was good. Jordan Willis, eh,
2: mediocre in the third. Carl Lawson's very good. I like that pick. George Kittle, round five. That was a good pick. There's a couple there's a couple good ones. Also, uh Galladay was in that pick yeah, ninety-six. That's, right. that's
1: a really good, you know, skill position draft class, that's for sure. Uh and you know, some other you know, Miles Garrett was the first pick in that draft. Solomon Thomas, not such a great pick. Jamal Adams, pretty good pick. Boy, the Jets. I mean, when, yeah, that, that should have been our sign, too, about the Jets. And it was kind of our sign, talking about how that once they traded away Adams this offseason, he knew it was, this was going to be a bad team again this year. Well,
2: Adams was the sixth overall pick in 2017 that totally panned out. He was a Pro Bowl-level, arguably best safety in the game type. And they let him – they trade him in Darnold's third season under his rookie contract. And so you're basically surrendering – during his third season now there's four years and then they get the option for the fifth right and the whole point is to get that quarterback in at rookie prices when you're using like the third overall pick and then you know then have a huge advantage with the rest of your roster but they're just like ah who cares and so now Darnold the way it's looking I think they're going to draft a quarterback next year actually
1: I mean I think you kind of have to I'd like to see Darnold in another place
2: Although he's really, he's really young. He's like, he's like mixing. He's probably like 22 now or 23. He's really young. Yeah. So yeah, that, that,
1: and, you know, like that touchdown yesterday, he looked really good. Now he threw two pick sixes though. So he gave more than he got, but he's also down to like receivers five, six and seven. Right.
2: So. Total scrubs. Braxton Berrios. I mean, probably shouldn't even be in the league. And Braxton Berrios was coming in with a hamstring injury of his own. It was the funny thing. I mean, it's really thin. They don't have Lev Bell as the pass-catching running back. You're using Frank Gore. I mean, this is just—it's really ridiculous what he's dealing with. But uh, yeah, it would be—it'd be good to see him uh, get a shot elsewhere. I'd love to see the Jets like give him up and then hit, him just go crazy elsewhere. But it's uh, those quarterbacks—you got to get—you got to get. You gotta get They're uh, you got to get them or get rid of them. You know, you got to get them, get the profit from them, see what they are by year four. Give them the contract. If it's Russell Wilson or Pat Mahomes or, you know, one of these great quarterbacks and otherwise just start over.
1: Yep, that's right. Meanwhile, uh, last week, you know, when McCaffrey and Barkley went down, we're like, who's number one overall. It was kind of like debate
2: between Kamara and Elliott. It's no longer a debate. So Kamara is so far the number one player. Scott Barrett tweeted out this thing where uh, through three games, Kamara has the second most fan PPR points of all time. Second only to Marshall Falk in 2000 where Falk had like a thousand rushing and receiving and like 20 touchdowns that year. So this is like one of the all time starts. And I don't really see, I mean, when Michael Thomas comes back, they'll they won't throw as much to him, but he still can get eight, nine catches in a game. And everything else is going to be more or less the same. So, if he stays healthy, it's just he, he's this year's Christian McCaffrey so far. In fact, he has more points through three games than Christian McCaffrey did last year.
1: Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, he, he's such a. And it's a very you know the difference between the two teams is the Saints nominally have a good defense, although they got kind of crushed by the Packers without Devontae Adams last night. Makes you kind
2: of wonder. It's just is this just and the Raiders audience. lit him up too. Yeah, the Raiders let him up too. Uh, I Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, Rodgers looked great, and that's a huge story early in the year that he's th- taking shots down the field, which is really different. But Kamara, I mean, the thing is, it's funny, like in the first round, like, oh, just play it safe. Like Camara has this like epidural and his contract thing. I don't know, you know. And I was nervous. I took I wasted an eighth round pick. I wouldn't say wasted, but I took one on Latavius Murray. I was like, okay, I'm gonna get Camara. Here's what I'll do. Here's how I talked myself into it. I was like, I'll take Camara, but then I'll make sure I reach like a round for Latavius Murray and you know, just I'll be all right. You know, if something happens to Camara or it holds out, I'll have like, you know, second round value in the first round or something with Murray in that system. Uh, and it wasn't necessary, it turns out, but it just goes to show when people are like, Oh, let's just be safe in the first round. Take Joe Mixon take, you know, I like Nick Chubb, but I got him in the second round anyway, but Joe Mixon or whoever, and you're giving away so much to Camara. You know, it's just, it's killing you. It's like you're, you're giving away so many points. And that's what it was like last year. If you didn't have McCaffrey or we should talk about Eckler, who had a huge game. And I didn't like Eckler this season, but you didn't have cook Aaron Jones, McCaffrey. Um, it's, uh, you know that, that that's a that's just a huge huge giveaway from just like the ham and egg guy who gets you like nine touchdowns and 1000 yards yeah
1: I, I i'm pretty comfortable that uh, Josh Jacobs is going to have better days you know he's getting i read something where he's like 12th in running back targets too you know they actually are living up to the promise of getting him more targets i like seeing that you know, it's just you know he just had the saints and the pats in back to back weeks there'll be better days
2: yeah no i think so Yeah, but,
1: uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Some of these things are already settling in. Like, I was wrong about mixing, it looks like. Um, And it might not be because of lack of skills, the the necessary skill set. It's just that that the context is so awful again. And I thought they had fixed
2: that context last year. Uh, And clearly they have not. Well, there's a few teams like that, right? Like the Giants, they drafted three offensive linemen. Thought, okay, this is going to get better. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall pick. The Browns signed drafted a guy with the top thirteen pick, and then also signed uh, Jack Conklin to play right tackle. And it's working. It's, you think so with the Browns, dude? Chubbs had two big games in a row, but Chubbs had big games all last year. They, it's Mayfield that they haven't really been able to. You know, it's not like he, they haven't protected him, but. He's been pretty Anything pedestrian. Anything
1: that's a fallback is, is due strictly to
2: Mayfield and not – You think Chubb. so? You think the line is significantly better this year?
1: I absolutely do. I mean Nick Chubb is running like with abandon right now. It helps that he's facing the Bengals and the, and the football team.
2: But, but Nick Chubb ran for 5.2 yards per carry last year. So I, I think Chubb is just like a ridiculous back. He, yeah, I, I think if, he is too. I think he's awesome. And well, he's got five, actually, so he's, he's 5.7 yards per carry through three games last year, five rookie year, 5.2. So, I mean, it's even more, you know, it's three games, it's 5.7 to five is not a big deal over three games. If he stays at 5.7 for eight games and you know, that'll be something, but yeah. I'm glad I took Chubb. I mean, in round two, I mean, I could have had Aaron Jones and maybe that would have been better in PPR, but probably would have because Chubb has only three catches. Yeah. one but, target in each game so far, Yeah, one yeah. <laughs> and that's the not, is a that's not changing. That's not changing, no. but you know, I, I think Chubb's got a good chance to lead the league in touchdowns. It's going to be Cam Newton, Chubb, Josh Jacobs, maybe Zeke. Camara has got a ton also, yeah. but Could be he does he's, it's not quite as reliable as you know, as these, these bangers. You know, Derek Henry got his first two. He'll have a lot. I think you might be taking,
1: you might have to take one of the L's and Odell Beckham jr's name though. Unfortunately,
2: I don't think he's going to get there. Really? Beckham is playing great. Like the, everyone watching Beckham is like, this guy's just you know yeah, tearing it, it up. Mayfield's the problem though. But Mayfield, as much as he's mediocre, can support a number one receiver. Like, you don't have to be a good quarterback. I mean think think about let's just think about some of these receivers that are really good with mediocre quarterbacks around the league. Like there's so many of them. You know, Keenan Allen had a a really good year last, you know, couple of years with Rivers, like a past his peak Rivers. Um, you know, you see like uh that's probably not even the best example of it. Um, you know, AJ Green with Andy Dalton had monster years. You don't have to be Andy Dalton's good enough to support yeah, a I mean, Yeah, top but receiver. he's got
1: he's had six targets
2: each of the last two weeks. Yeah. Maybe well, that'll be
1: different this week. They go to Dallas this upcoming
2: week. Yeah, that's good. They like, you know, they played Washington, Cincinnati and at Baltimore, they're all bad for their, you know, you got 10 targets against the Ravens didn't do anything, but a lot of it was just bad throws by Mayfield. Who's under pressure, and a bad drop by Beckham too on a third down once that, 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 oh, that was part. That was a drive killer. But so, but he, but he's basically been good and he had a big play against the Bengals, but they've, they've had three games that were like Washington's sort of a, they didn't really need to do much except run over Washington mm-hmm. and then, and let Haskins implode Cincinnati, you know we got a good game and that was Should fine have a better game but for uh
1: you know they didn't call that one pi if he does and if jackson doesn't grab his shirt that's a touchdown
2: so right it could have been that's a right. touchdown
1: game yeah
2: right he it. drew it i mean whether they call it or not uh and you know baltimore stuff so they get at dallas they get indy at pittsburgh will be tough but i mean beckham is the kind of guy that can they can win in those matchups too i just don't know if mayfield will have enough time to get it to him but I, i'm not i'm not taking an l on beckham no way okay okay well we'll see
1: uh, here, Here's one you're going to – I'm going to take away the L from you on Darrell Henderson, though, because you were on oh, him. You've always been on him, and he's the man now. And granted, Akers didn't play, but Henderson looks the part. He looks oh, he's really great. good. 20 carries, he's... 114 yards against the Bills, that touchdown. Uh, he, he had three targets each of the last two weeks. He looked great against the Eagles a week before, too. And th- it wasn't just like – you know, grinding it out with a lead. He was involved even last week against the Eagles early on, even before Malcolm Brown had the pinky injury. He was he was very active. He looks really good.
2: Yeah, last year I was on him because I thought Gurley was shot. Didn't think they would. You know, I thought his replacement just got drafted, and then they never used him. But they used him very rarely. But a couple of plays I saw, the guy was like shot out of a cannon. I was like, oh, this guy looks good. And then this year, I was a little bit on him because. He was cheap. <laughs> he was more expensive last year. This year he was cheap. Uh, everybody was betting on the other guys and not him. And uh, so I thought, you know, why not? He, he's quick. He's good. They probably won Akers because that's who they drafted. They did want Akers. Akers didn't play well, then got hurt. So now he's the guy. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I think he could be a, a league winner. By the way, on that uh, primetime team, that you know, my best team, he's on my bench. I couldn't start him because I have Taylor Chubb, and, Taylor Chubb and Kamara on that team. Yeah, but but it's good to you know someone's going to get hurt, so it's hopefully he he keeps going and I'll I'll use him at some point. I, I did not start him
1: in a league, uh, and he gets to face your Giants next, so that could be pretty good. Uh, and then at the football team after that, uh, but I had a league where I have uh, McKinnon, uh, I have uh, I also have uh, David Montgomery. You know, it was a league for a long time that I was struggling to find starters, and then all of a sudden. Oh, I got too many, you know, usable guys there and just uh, did not uh, do anything. You know, I, I mean, I just, you know, I went from having not enough starters to like too many viable guys all at once. I had Jeff Wilson on my bench in that league. Also dynasty league. Uh, I was just trying to find a way to make it all work.
2: Yeah, I, I like out in out the staff dynasty league. It's the only one I'm in. Uh, my team's doing really badly. I think I'm going to be 0 3, but I just like it. Oh, it's a dynasty. No big deal. So I offered these trades. I offered good trades. Nobody's really biting, but like, I'm trying to trade Kenyon Drake. I'm trying to trade Jarvis Landry, you know, just for prospects. You know, just right. it's kind of fun being in a football dynasty league like, where I'm like, ah, I don't care. It's a dynasty league. Like, in my first pick, I picked eighth overall and I picked Pat Mahomes because I thought, well, I don't know how long this league will last, but if it lasts 10 years, you know, if Mahomes is usually a, a second rounder, early third rounder. We'll have that guy for 10 years. You know, whereas like, you get a running back in the first round, three years from now, he's almost certainly not going to be a first rounder. Yeah, that's right. That's funny.
1: Um, you, know, you know, sometimes people don't want to trade in Dynasty Leagues. They feel like, oh, I've, you know, I, I, I put the time in. I, this is my guy,
2: you know. Yeah. I was trying to trade for an injured A.J. Brown, and I was offering up, like, you know, Kenyon Drake and some, uh, and, like, you know, Jarvis Landry.
1: Kenyon Drake. Let's talk about him. You know, we mentioned that on the uh, XM show, his values just kind of crushed by Kyler
2: Murray. Yeah. Murray's he's kind of like Josh Allen. He doesn't, he's not built like Josh Allen. His game is, you know, it doesn't look like Josh Allen's, but it's kind of the same effect, right? I mean, he throws and he scrambles and he gets the goal line and there's not a lot left for the running backs. Kenyon Drake is basically Devin Singletary, right? I mean, what's the difference?
1: Yeah. 18 carries for 73 yards. Uh, one target for six yards. You know, you know, you just you don't get it at the goal line. I mean, do you see that run by Murray though? How he uh, juked Okuda at the goal line.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's quarterbacks don't juke DBs typically, right? And he's lightning quick, but he's just so frenetic out there. It's so weird when he, even the pass to Isabella, the nice touchdown, it was like he's like running around and he like flips it. He like it's like this weird flip. Yeah, I'm like he's just chucking that, and then all of a sudden it drops right into Isabella's hands in the corner of the end zone. It's like wow, that was a good throw. But he, it's so weird the way the guy plays. I've never seen a quarterback be so frenetic. Yeah.
1: By the way, this past week might have been the first week you could have conceivably start both started as Andy Isabella and gotten value for him.
2: Yeah, I I have him in a couple of these. I dropped him in a couple after week one, but Kirk got hurt. But apparently Isabella was pretty low in uh, snaps still. Like he got out snapped by like Keyshawn Johnson and yeah. some other scrub on the team. So. I don't know what the problem is. He's a second-year receiver taking the second round. He's made big plays. Even last year, he had some big plays. Do
1: you think it's blocking? Just, I think that happens a lot. These some of these him and Mikol Hardman both. I feel like they don't get on the field as much because they're not blocking downfield, and that's like a big part of their offense. That or it's maybe like you know, there's just the route tree is not it's not very strong with that. He's just like
2: this kind of freak athletic guy, but he's not polished at all. I could see that, but five nine one eighty eight. Usually, you can run some routes if you're a pro receiver taking the second round, right? Like he is fast. I mean, he could have been. He's a four three one guy, so he's really fast. So, mm-hmm. but he's not sick. You know, I could see like if you were six three two twenty and ran a four three one, maybe you're not that polished because you got by on just pure pure physical dominance. But Isabel is just fast, you know. He's he's otherwise very small. Yeah. So and he's actually I think he could block because he's five nine, one eighty eight. I mean, you know, guys like most of the small, fast receivers are five ten, one eighty five. You know, he's a little stouter than some of these guys. Right. I don't know. I it could be blocking. You're right. It could be Demarcus Robinson gets on the field because he knows how to block, and it makes sense. I mean, you know, those NFL coaches know some things. Like they know. Right. Look, you know, we run the ball. There's a, a wide receiver block might give us an extra half yard per carry and. You know, on the side we run it to or, you know, if if another wide receiver catches it, there might just be all sorts of things that are involved in it. But I don't know, man, you get these guys in the second round, they make some plays, get them on the field.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we hear, though, like, oh, this guy's an offensive genius. And then it's Adam Gaze. Other times it actually is true, like Kyle Shanahan or, you know, Andy Reid. I think I think we can pretty safely put him in the 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 legit category.
2: Yeah, that's right. I know. It's so funny. Like, Adam Gaze was like, oh, he's Peyton Manning's quarterback coach, the 55 touchdown team. Oh, he knows what he's doing. So weird. He got out of Peyton Manning's way, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he might have contributed in some bizarre way, you know. And a lot of coordinators. When
1: when he has Peyton Manning running the offense for him, that, right? Okay. That's right. Uh, you know, my friend was is a high school basketball coach and he goes to like coaches clinics and he went to Bob Huggins's clinic and they're learning about the press, like learning how he runs his press. Right. Uh, and, you know, he used to coach uh, Cincinnati. and I was at yeah, West Virginia. I, know, I know Bob. Bob yeah, Huggins. He's man. always like, you know, he had Kenyon Martin at the top of the press. He goes, well, first of all, you put your six six guy, uh, 6'10 guy here, athletic right. 6'10 guy right here. It's like. Oh, okay. So you have a 6'10 athletic guy. Okay, great. You know, great. That, 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 it's a lot easier to run a press when you have that.
2: Yeah, uh, right. It's, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Quick note from our sponsor, Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is a fantasy sports stock market on which you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say, I've had stock in this player since day one? Well, now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. You had stock in Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year? You knew this would happen? Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes and get closer to the game than ever before. To get started, simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players. Just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If the player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in the game. Get started today by visiting PredictionStrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss on uh, Monday the 28th, breaking down a lot of the Week 3 action. A couple other things I want to talk about. So, I, I, I crushed in Survivor this week. I, I did not fear the underdog. I will not survive. I had the Chargers and the Cardinals. I split them up amongst them. You, when you faded the Colts, you went with the Pats. You were smarter than I was, and that hurts me to say that, but it's true. Uh, the Chargers, that was an infuriating ending. Did you see the play at the end of the game?
2: I probably did, but remind me. Refresh so, my memory. Uh,
1: c- completion to, to, uh, to Allen, Keenan Allen, they tried the old hook and ladder, uh, to Austin Eckler, and it would have worked. It was he just couldn't come up with the toss. He fumbled the toss on the hook and ladder. Uh, it was it was there. It was open. If you look at like the overhead view, I think they, he would have scored on that. Uh, so that was pretty infuriating. Now they still might have lost, but it, it's just it was just a very Chargers thing. Like you know, before the two minute warning, they like they let they let forty seconds go by didn't call the, the, like they didn't call their last timeout. Instead, let them run one or let them run one more play. They got the stop and it was fourth down after the two minute warning instead. And so they could have had the timeout and the two minute warning. And they would have and actually they would have won on that play. We didn't even have had to go for two. It's twenty
2: one sixteen. So yep. super infuriating. It just wasted time. Ugh. Just disgusting. Yeah. NFL, I mean, I was just thinking about it how much just disgusting stuff happens in a game. Like just even the saints, even though like I could probably say that the Packers are the right side, you know, saints were my best bet. There's a tie game. They stuff the Packers on fourth down huge play. There's a bad spot. They get it reviewed. They get the ball back and they try some like fake pitch from fake handoff from Taysom Hill and he gets stripped. No. Oh. And it's like, you know, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. It's like, oh, yeah, it's Taysom Hill. How fun. This is so cool. This, like, random weapon we use, you know. Everyone loves it. But they lost. I mean, it was like four or five minutes left, and they were in midfield. Maybe it was more than that. Maybe there's eight minutes left. But they were in midfield, tie game. And that just killed them, man. It was, just, it was just such a killer. And I don't know. Just, like, there's a lot of stupid stuff in the NFL. It just – how it goes?
1: Yeah, there is. It is, uh, and it's it's mega frustrating. And w- when you see like you know Anthony Lynn two weeks in a row do things like that, whether it's not calling timeouts or not going for it on fourth and short in, in overtime against the Chiefs of all people, it just it drives me crazy. Ban- started the Bengals game. Bengals Eagles first quarter. Twice they punted from Eagles territory. First time was like fourth and four, fourth and five. Okay, fine. The next time it's fourth and two, from, or maybe one and a half even, from the Eagles 47. And I, and I forget the commentator's name, the analyst. It wasn't Spiro. Uh, it was, his, co- it was the, his co-host or whatever. And uh, I could look it up, but I, I don't want to give him his I, I don't know. I could find, figure it out. But the uh, point is, he's like, I can't imagine the Bengals going for it here. And then the punt team trots out, yeah, that's the smart thing. It's like they're, they're just like so conditioned. Oh, let's do the safe thing. Oh, let's be in this. You know, I can't imagine trying anything risky. The Bengals were four for four on fourth downs the week before. They have Joe Burrow. They spent their first round pick on him. Use him in this situation. That's not the strength of your team is not the ability to stop the Eagles. And, you know, yes, the Eagles stopped themselves. A lot of times the Bengals generated a pass rush. But still, it was funny. Like, it was deep in the fourth quarter. At halftime, Miles Sanders had 10 carries for 70 yards. He ended up with 13 carries at some point late in the fourth quarter, and they are losing. It's like, what's wrong with you people? It's just, ah. Uh, and yet, you know, oh, I
2: can't imagine them trying for it on
1: fourth down. Yeah,
2: I can't imagine that. You know, it's weird, though, especially like that job, but also at the NFL. I was thinking Breeze rolled out on a play. He was probably like second and 10 or something. Maybe it was first and 10. Rolled out, scrambling. Nothing was there, and he just tossed it to the sideline. He was out of the pocket, just just threw it out of bounds. He was still, like, probably, like, six feet from the nearest defender, but, you know, he's not going to, like, break a tackle or anything. So he's just like, all right, just calmly just tossed it away, went back to the line of scrimmage. And so for, you know, a lot of people, that's like, oh, that's smart play. Like, didn't take a loss, didn't try to make something crazy happen and fumble, just got rid of it, you know, lived to fight another day. And it's kind of like a sign of maturity in a lot of ways where you – just say, oh, no, I don't need to, I don't have this immediate gratification need to make the amazing play under difficult. I'm just going to, you know, take a, a mild loss and, you know, take a mild negative play, an incomplete pass, and come back and make a better play. And that mindset is good, typically, right? Because these guys are all crazy athletes, but, like, it's learning the discipline. There's so many just terrible mistakes where you're like, Rivers, no, just, you know, just be cool. And these, like, pros just toss it away, like, don't even think about it. Um, and I think, like... You know, a lot of these it's just like in the NFL it's a lot of it's like, okay, let's just uh let's not do the crazy thing. Let's just calm down and, and, and be consistent. And I, I think like, like
1: you used Rivers as your example. That was
2: really uh, cool. Rivers is just so it's just like, dude, just don't. Rivers, no. You know? Yeah, it's just like don't do it. And what's funny is because he like he's a veteran quarterback and he should fit the profile of the guy who tosses it away, but he doesn't and it's to his detriment. And I think the coaches like a lot of them just, they, they got where they are by this discipline. You know, they, they don't, if you're, if you're angry at the boss, you don't just let loose at the meeting, you know, you just calmly, you know, all this stuff, like the whole careerism, the whole maturity and dealing with these, um, managing people, it's just like, it's all right, just take the loss. And, and so they're also conditioned. And then like, especially like that announcer job, I mean, you, you can't be really, you got to be a company guy to get that job. You know, that's a real... Unless you're like Al Michaels and you're just really good. Uh, you're just pretty much some dude who, like, you know, did the jobs, you know, was was polite and friendly and inoffensive. So, to them, it's just... I just think it's all part and parcel. It's like, oh, yeah, just do this. Of course. No, that's the smart thing. It's like they're re- reaffirming their own way of life when they say that, you know. And, and the now that we have more, uh, you know, advanced tools and and the math behind it, we can easily study the stuff. We'd say, well... And this is one where you got to try something. You got to do something. And, and you see it with some court, you know, rogers to a fault was kind of that guy the last couple of years. He just, you know, not thrown to traffic, take the incomplete pass, toss it away, never throw an interception. And this year, he's not making mistakes either, but he's attacking down the field. And I feel like that, you know, you could definitely like, um, you definitely like sort of crush the life, the soul out of somebody if they become too mature, too like, oh no. I'm smart. I'll punt. I'll throw it away, you know. And, and I feel like I don't know if that was why Rogers became like that, but it's good to see the old guy. Even though I have no shares, and I thought there was no upside to him. And
1: you stridently him. faded him too, not just merely didn't have him. Oh, I missed out because it's a quarterback. We only need to roster one
2: quarter. No, you you were outright against. I had him at him. twenty-one. I had twenty-one among quarterbacks, and so it was way. And the industry had him at like twelve or something. And I was like, this industry is crazy. Like, well, there's no. He doesn't run much anymore and he doesn't throw down the field like what do you want 26 touchdowns and two picks and you know 100 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown how are you gonna why are you gonna get that with no upside and it's funny because so i I really didn't think there was upside it's been like years since he's been you know doing this and you know they didn't get a receiver they got devin funchess who opted out like it's like there's no reason it should have improved but um but it it goes to show and I, i read a thread of this on twitter where you know everybody making trades or Drafting ADP in the NFFC or something is is prob. Most of them are smart people. You know, they're not idiots. Most of them. Mm -hmm. Any trade and you buy a stock or buy an option. The guy on the other side of that trade is smart and he thinks the opposite of what you think. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a trade. And anyone putting Rogers at twelve or eleven or ten among quarterbacks when I've got him at twenty-one, it's like they have a reason. And I was just like, I did not even see it. I was like, why? Why would you want a guy who has just such a modest ceiling at quarterback where you just need to find ceiling? And, you know, this guy was writing about it. Like, if you don't see the other side of the trade, then you probably shouldn't make the trade. Like, if you don't understand where the other person is coming from in, in a trade, then you shouldn't make it because like, you don't really understand the trade. You might, if you, yes. if you truly understand where they're coming from and still disagree, that's when you make the trade. But if you just are like, what are they even thinking? This is moronic, uh, which is kind of how I felt about Rogers. You're, often you're wrong about it because it's that... It's but like
1: not always sometimes like the whole what the hell are they thinking mindset is correct uh you know just you know there's a few you know spitball examples like Adam Gaze going to the Jets pretty much everybody thought that was going
2: to be a disaster from day 1 and it was it has been he he could get fired right, but the other but the other side of the trade on that was not like a smart market it was like the Jets Ownership, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you I mean, know, I, but I, I mean like a market, like an ADP market, like an ADP market where it's like, yeah. you know, a lot of people, not just like one crackpot owner that that's not really is, I mean like it's a market and there's like people on the other side of this trade and, and, you, and you're just like, why do you want a guy with no upside? And they must've been, it's the second year in the, in what's his name's offense. And it's, you know, he's still got the arm strength and Devontae Adams was hurt for, I don't know what the case was. Cause I still like can barely see it. It's like, for me, it's like he just shockingly started attacking again yeah. after not doing it for five years. And so, okay. I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. And
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm the one that famously said, Oh, I see no upside in Rick Porcello. And then he wins the
2: Cy Young. Well, I, I still think that there wasn't anyone on the other side of that trade. Really. I mean, there was like, it he wasn't expensive. You know, I I mean, he wasn't
1: getting overdrafted. How about that?
2: No. Yeah. Well, but I I, no, I get it. Like you're obviously wrong in how it panned out. Um, But like his, you know, wins, anybody can get a lot of wins, right? Like that's easy. Like, like wins are like, okay, you got a lot of run support. And you just kind of got a little lucky with the bad bip and you held your ERA down. So you got run support while not allowing runs to get wins. The, the rest of the peripherals were, were good. They were like, you know, probably the top of his range. But it wasn't like he, you know, to me, like if, if Porcello turned into Justin Verlander, then you'd be like, holy crap, I got that wrong. Right. Him and winning the like Cy Young, he was getting a wins. a prospect. He was there yeah. at one point. But he didn't just suddenly turn into Verlander, right? That would be something different. Like, so I, I guess. Anyway, yeah, I mean I guess you could use that as an example. I, I just think the Rogers is a good one because I really did not see the other side of that trade. I was like, that's just that's just stupid. Like, what are they doing? You know, and and so yeah, that's I probably should have at least that you want to understand what they're thinking, understand what you're thinking, and be like, Yeah, but the thing they're missing is this. But I totally understand why it would seem that way, or I totally understand why they would do it. I was like, There's no reason to do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that that's right. Um, oh, but yeah. I, I every once in a while, I, see, you know, the yeah, I, I guess that that is the thing is trying to find the the why the smart person is doing. It. You know, I will I'll give you a it's a tiny example. Um, the, the Rays uh, last year, who was the first base prospect they traded to the Indians? Uh, that were- Yandy Diaz, Yandy Diaz.
2: No, they got Diaz. I'm saying
1: who they. Oh, uh,
2: oh, they tra- Oh, right, yeah. Who the hell was that? I can't remember Bowers. the guy's name no, anymore. It's not yeah, Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers. 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 Yes. And I'm
1: like, how are they? They're getting Pearl. a Bowers for Yandy Diaz? Really? Yeah. Oh, that worked out pretty well. You know, Jake Bowers didn't get in a single at bat this year. Even the the Indians are like, who were desperate for offense, had no had didn't have an any need for him this year, which just tells you that okay. The Rays yeah, – the same thing with the Evan Longoria trade. You know, How are they trading away Evan Longoria? They're just tearing apart the franchise. Oh, oh, OK. They're smart. OK. Get it. Uh, okay, they trade away
2: yeah. for all the best prospects of the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Nobody was questioning that one. But, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I mean, sometimes you know – well, first of all, teams also know stuff about their player sometimes. Sometimes they don't. And they just make an idiotic trade. But teams often just, they're like, oh, like, this guy's got a bad work ethic or this guy's got some sort of psychological issue that we don't want to deal with. You know, like, there's a lot of that stuff that teams know that, you know, that right. might not be apparent. That's right. But, and, and
1: it's just a small example, but it's just that, yeah, you have to kind of dig a little deeper there and you'll figure it out. And uh, Or or maybe you'll just have to wait in many other cases. You can't find it just as an obvious, okay. I dug deep and I could still couldn't find it. There still must there must be something there.
2: Uh, yeah, anyways. I, I, yeah. I don't agree that everybody who's smart has a has a good take. It's just that no, they don't always should, have a good take. Yeah, but you should at least understand, like, really not just be like ah, idiotic. Like that's you should be like no, they they see. I mean, I understood who Aaron Rodgers is. It's just I could not see. I just couldn't see it. You know, so maybe it's one of those cases where I should have been more. Um, Like with breeze, I understood the, I wasn't on breeze either, but I understood the other side of it. Like the efficiency was so high. The touchdown per attempt was so high. The efficiency, the system was so good, even though he doesn't run, he doesn't have a ton of attempts that I could, that was a case that I could see and say, no, I just think that's not sustainable for him. Or if it is sustainable, the, the ceiling is modest. Right.
1: So, all right. Um, anything else you want to riff on from week three? Anything else you're yeah. working on? Eckler. Eckler. Well,
2: yeah, I'm okay. not sure. What I'm gonna do for East Coast offense, which is always I always like to know right away, and I'm not sure yet. But Eckler, I was really down on, and I was like, I wasn't like dunking, you know, I wasn't like spiking the football or anything after the first couple of games. But he had carries, but his his reception, one catch for three yards in week one, one target, he, even though. Week two, he had 455, still just four targets, right? So he's got only four targets, five targets for two games. Yeah, he got a lot of early down work, but Joshua Kelly even had more work against the Chiefs than he did, and Kelly was in the game late. But last week really makes me need to take the L on Eckler because 11 targets, 11 catches, 40, 84 yards, 12 carries, and a touchdown. That's the ideal split for Eckler. If Eckler can get 12 carries and, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, if he's lucky, catches he's going to be, you know, sort of the poor man's Camara. So th- that's really, you know, and, and then you get him, you know, at the turn rather than a pick, you know, four or three or wherever people took Camara, um, that really is a good value. So, um, I, I, and the difference was Tyrod Taylor to Justin Herbert. It's like night and day that, that nothing could have been better for, um, for Eckler and the people who drafted him. Then unfortunately, uh, Tyrod Taylor getting a bad injection because, Herbert likes to check down and this his guy and it's and Eckler's really good at that. Yeah. Two other things
1: happened in this game too. One, Joshua Kelly lost a fumble in the second quarter, directly led to uh the Panthers scoring their lone touchdown of the game, made it a two score game. And that that was the other part. The Chargers were behind almost the entire game. Yeah, you know, from from the opening drive, I think that it was the, you know, it was like three nothing, six nothing. I think they took a lead at seven six and then that was it, and then the Carolina scored again. Uh, you know, scored a field, made it nine seven, and they got the the, uh, the touchdown, make it fifteen seven. All of a sudden, and all of a sudden, like they had a lead, and they're just kept on, you know, kept on stretching it out. And so they had to throw more. They were playing from behind, so that's the other thing. Game flow was another problem. Uh, I would say it's a better week. This upcoming week, they play Tampa Bay. It's a better week for Eckler cool. than it is Kelly, too, because it's hard to run between the tackles against Tampa Bay, and. Yeah, you know, they probably have to throw to try to beat them.
2: Yeah. Kamara didn't do a ton either though. As a receiver, he, they're, they're tough against running backs. As a runner, he didn't do a ton. He he caught a lot of passes. Did he, he caught a lot, but did he get a lot of yards though? I think he got a couple of touchdowns, but he was, uh, I thought they kind of stuffed him yardage wise. Let me, let me take a look. Uh, but yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be a good matchup for him. We'll see, see how he does. But I, I would be – I don't like the Bucks matchup for – No, I don't like most. it either. It's a bad matchup. They're, they're one of the better defenses. In football. So he had, he, had five, he had five catches for 51 yards and a touchdown, yeah. Kamara. Eight targets. That's not too bad. Yeah.
1: 12 for 16 on the ground, but he got that one touchdown there
2: too. So yeah. pretty darn good fantasy day. Uh, Kamara is just such a beast. I mean he's had, he's, had, uh, seven, he's had 31 targets in three games. That's crazy. That is just crazy. Uh, and now they get Detroit the upcoming week. week. Chances are they'll probably have a
1: lead at least. So it'll be a little different. Uh, the game flow will be different. You know, the last two games they were chasing
2: in the second half, which meant he was getting all the targets late. Yeah, it was – Kamara is just – I watched the guy play, and it's like so easy, the points he's getting. Oh, there's nine yards, a little nine-yard catch. Oh, here's a little toss from three feet away that he gets eight yards on. Play after play, you're like, this is – in PPR leagues, it's just like – cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Like, it's just ringing up points for you. Like, you can't even believe it. Like, it's, right. it's, the, e- and it's the easiest. It's the easiest points ever. And even on the runs, he'll, he broke, like, a long run. It's just, he just, and he breaks tackles. He's kind of like a, a Barry Sanders. Like, he's. He always makes he, that first guy miss. He makes guys miss, and he's just got such good balance. He just yep. doesn't really get knocked off his base. For, he, you know, he's 5'10", 215. He is not slight. People think of him, he's like Eckler, you know, who's 5'10", 200. Kamara's kind of stout, you know, Barry Sanders was like five, eight, two Oh five or whatever, five, seven, two Oh five. And he was stout, you know, a thick legs. Like he, he had a really strong base and he just, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't knock He's like a bowling ball. They couldn't knock him off. And a lot of guys, when they go to tackle, they just hit, they just try to knock you off balance. They're not always wrapping up, especially in the open field, when things are moving fast. You can't wrap, you just pop a guy and you pop Kamara and he just kind of bounces sideways and keeps his balance and keeps running. Yeah, that's right.
1: So. Uh yeah, uh man, this just yeah, he yeah, he is just so good. And if I, I I think the only place I got him was like the best ball. I was either drafting, I think I drafted second once, and then I was he was always taken before me in a, almost every other draft. And I was I was drafting later in most of my other drafts. And granted I had auctions, and I didn't buy him there. So that's on me, I suppose.
2: But yeah, it's it's going it's so interesting because we're like oh Camara Eckler these are the winning picks it's doing so well but like there's gonna be injuries three weeks from now <laughs> like half these guys are gonna be right uh, it was a good pick but he's out for the year now so this other guy's a good pick instead that's right any other uh, parting thoughts no nope, that's it I I just hope people appreciated the Colts Jets game for what it was you had two of the all time compilers facing off Frank Gore who just continues to rack up yards pointlessly to pad those career stats, the to, to heights unknown. And Phillip Rivers, who is you know 60,000 passing yards and 400 touchdowns and barely ever wins in the playoffs and has given away so many games. But, man, those guys compile career stats, and it was just a beautiful thing to see them face off against each other.
1: Yeah, Gore, 15 for 57, one for five. That's that's a very Frank Gore-like number. Uh,
2: but it just adds to his career, yep. like massing these career totals. You know, I mean, he's just, he's going to be like, you know, he's way up there. He's like in the top five already, so.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, I would say one other thing. I mean, the Eagles got big problems with Carson Wentz. I mean, he made that scramble at the end. Uh, they, they, he engineered two good two-minute drills. But just so many other times he was missing guys, and his line's not helping him either. They, they've got some real problems.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Something, something's off. Like, it, Wentz looks healthy. He's, he's been, like, fiercely running the ball and looks, like, competitive. But throw an accurate pass. Have some timing. Like, what's going on here? Like, why, are you, why is he so off? Right. And the fact that Doug Peterson has to ask whether he's going to bench him or not speaks volumes. I mean, to answer that question, yeah. Well, it's also because uh, Jalen Hurts is like, after Lamar Jackson, it's like, let's get, you know, let's get a guy who can bring some excitement to this team. Well, check out their schedule, too. Next.
1: At San Francisco, at Pittsburgh, home against Baltimore.
2: All right, so they're going to get crushed in those, and then Hertz will take over like week eight and like get the Giants twice, Giants. Dallas, yeah. Dallas, and the Giants, and Washington's not bad, but they're not good, you know, defensively. So right. Yeah. yeah,
1: right, and it, uh, it it is really heavily slanted uh, these next few weeks. So he's got to show something, man. Uh, bad time to own Carson Wentz, that's for sure. All right, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Uh, thanks everybody listening. Coming up tomorrow. Uh, We got uh, Joe and Jake doing their Tuesday gig, uh, helping you with waiver wires, among many other options uh, for us there. So, thank you, as always, for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.